It's the Heckleproof Comedy Podcast with Zach Bolton and Carl Lee and Maddie J. Tonight's episode, film producer Levi Anderson. Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome to Hecker Proof Podcast. I'm your boy, Carl Lee. I'm Zach. And I am Maddie J. Let's Who is this some. fella? I forgot this my fella. lines. <laughs> Already. This is our producer. This is the behind the scenes, man. This is the behind man. the scenes, man. The producer. The, the sandbagger himself, mm, Levi. <laughs> he actually uses Levi sandbags to hold down the lighting here. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that he made himself. <laughs> he damn sure does. Got fucking sandbags. <laughs> Levi, you sandbagging son of a gun. <laughs> Levi, cut us some some Levi jeans. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put a <laughs> still. This podcast sand. is sponsored by Levi jeans. He's responsible, Mr. Sandman, for trying to make us look good. A dream. <laughs> it would be a dream if he could make all three of us somehow look good. But you know, he's doing his best. Like he if you open up good. to that light a little bit more, there we go. There we go. If you, if you oh, that's how you always wear it. Always work. If you would just open up if a little I, if more. If I take my shirt off, I could bounce a little. Some light. I'll just yeah, I'll light. just film the whole thing, looking right at that light. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey guys, Always welcome work. back to the show. Oh man, it's been a while since we've spoken. When you see this playback later, though, you'll see that, and you'll be like, oh, I'm never not doing that again. No, I'll see it, and I'll be like, that's the only time I've ever been seen. So it's pretty amazing what Levi sees from yeah from yeah. that producer. It'd be seat, amazing if he dope. knew how to place the lights properly, so I didn't have to. F- Different. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, go. this is our, our producer, Levi. This is the guy Anderson. that makes the magic happen. Levi is not only our producer, but Levi, tell us some of your tell us about your your background with movies, producing, directing, yes. and all that, man. Well, um, what's a deep, deep background? Oh shit! Well, oh, hey, we got. Kind of, I'm kind of a, a jack off, uh, or jack of all trades. <laughs> yes, I guess I think that's what my dad was trying to say. Yeah, I was growing up. See, now I'm, now I'm a, a comic on the radio. He's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can't throw exactly. jokes I rehearsed forever. It's, it's <laughs> not sure. SNL here, you know. Um, no, I did. I um, I make movies. I make movies that no one ever sees, but I keep. I've seen. Well, I've seen Apocalypse one. I watched. Oh yeah, you watched yep, Atomic yep. Apocalypse. Yep. On Prime, yeah, I yeah. was. I loved it, man. I was. I loved it. I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Too bad I recognize the fucking area though, because he filmed it out here. <laughs> right. I was like, what? oh shit, that's my favorite gas station, right? That's, yeah. that's a Seven Eleven parking lot. <laughs> well, <the> gas station. <laughs> the gas station we filmed that was like totally defunct, shut down. Yeah. Must have been the one you used to work at. Yeah, exactly. It's his favorite one, or at least it got shut down after they used it. No, yeah. I did. I did love that because it was. It was a ton of practical locations, but there was really cool stuff. We were. At Pluto Caves, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, this underground <coughs> cave with a skylight coming through. We were cool. some defunct trail that like a car graveyard had been shoved yeah. up the side of the hill and just like all rusted yep. out and graffitied. And then we went to Montana and filmed it like an actual nuclear underground bunker. Uh-huh. Like that was it was rad. That was a rad. How film. long did it take to film that that movie? That one was four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. And then production time mixed in with that and stuff. 
it was probably, well, I got hired onto that after they kind of had some of the ball moving already. So the script was written. They had most of the locations. Mm-hmm. Um, the director and co-producer, who was also the star of the movie, had met at some environmental film festival. Mm. And she had been a river guide, so she knew all these awesome locations oh, dope. already. Yeah. So they kind of put a lot of those pieces together to, to build a story around. And then it was actually... That, the summer that we made that, I did two films back-to-back that were the first two films ever that I wasn't working with local crew that I'd known. And, like, mm-hmm. around here in Southern Oregon, there's a real tight, creative film community, and we all work together and on each other's projects and all this stuff. And this was the first time I was, like, just a green shoe coming in, supposed to run the set, but I don't know these people, so I have to, like, command the respect because <laughs> i got to tell them what to do. But uh, it, it was super awesome. So I came in probably two weeks before we started rolling, to just get all the last things tightened up local nice. Things. And then I was able to bring in a few actual other local crew members um, awesome. that I had worked with before at that point. So, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. Two weeks in Northern California, two weeks in Montana. Part of that trip to Montana involved uh, the one day off that every crew member gets. I don't because I was assistant directing. Mm-hmm. So I had to get a bunch of stuff together. We were renting a sprinter van uh, to help transport folks. We just caravaned out to Montana and I had to pick up this van at 2 in the morning because the guy we were getting it from had a band was using it that had to wrap their gear out first. So after they wrapped their gear out, then I pick up the van, go with him, put the seats back in it. Uh. Now it's 4 in the morning. We're getting the U-Haul trailer. Get that hooked up. The lights don't work. Let me figure oh, out the damn. lights. Take that down to Shasta, 6 in the morning, load everybody up, and then start driving. Jeez. In Klamath Falls, we all met up in a parking lot, and then... I slept for like four hours. Damn. And then took <laughs> my turn your, driving. That was your day off. Why the day off? Yeah. <laughs> you so got then, four hours. You said a sprinter, meaning? A sprinter van, those big old like Mercedes mm-hmm. vans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this was a dope one. It was like four-wheel drive diesel. It was like, it was a badass one. But um, Those are cool. Then we got to location. It took us like, it probably should have been like a 17-hour drive. It took us like 23, 24 hours. Damn. And I told everyone like, all right. Two hour nap and we're rolling. Yeah, right. yeah, we're here. We got to eat. Yeah, well, that's a get yeah, down to business. We're short on time. Yeah, when I know that drive. I used but. to do a lot of tours in Montana, so I used to come leave from here and go that way. So I know about all that, man. That Idaho and Montana yeah. roads. Well, beautiful. and you said that it took four weeks, you know, on the one shoot, and like to put that into perspective, like a big budget film shoots for four months right, <laughs> yeah, right. sometimes six months yeah. and then it still takes yeah. like another six seven and months to even. so that's the challenge always of any independent film project is not only is your budget small but because your budget is small time crunch time crunch so you have yeah. to capture so much in such a small yeah. amount of time it's not the same experience on an indie set that it would be on a set where you have production plan shots yeah and everything's going in a perfect sequence you know you're you're fighting lighting conditions in yeah. real time, you're yeah. making adjustments. So yeah. like, what does that involve? You know, when you're, when you're talking about I'm in charge, what are all the elements that that, that means? Well, like you're saying, yeah, the, the industry kind of standard, which comes from the studio industry is you have a script and you're going to shoot two to three pages in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, a soap opera, on the other hand, will shoot 20 some pages in a day. And that's why they look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point the lighting is kind of like that's this. a good point yeah <laughs> it's just the same lighting <laughs> like in every scene walk in and out yeah. of the same room but they just cut so away so many times you don't realize right. but um so most of the films that i'm doing uh my first role is i'll get the script and i'll break it down into scenes breakable pieces and you'll figure out how do we take this rip it apart into puzzle pieces to shoot it in a way that's efficient and then the editor gets to put it all back together mm. and 
you know, most of my schedules are going to be between four and six pages in a day. Right. And it really does. It comes down to budget Mm -hmm. and what can you afford and how quick can you get it done? Um, If you have a bigger budget, you can take the time to really set up and do more. Um, When you don't, like, sometimes the great thing is you get forced into a more creative mode. Okay, we all, we yeah, have these yeah. limitations. Yeah, we have to overcome. We have to come up with something to make it work. Think about Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah. When people talk about that, because like one of his first films that was ever released was such a small budget that when people watch the movie and then they find out how much was spent to make the movie, it's like no, there's no yeah, way. Yeah. There's no way yeah. he did that with that little bit of yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. That was probably the hardest part for him selling it was that he had shot it for so cheap, no one would take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. But and it's a fantastic movie. There's a whole documentary about how he made it so cheaply. And manage, and then like that one thing was like literally his student project. Mm, Essentially, changed the way movies were made because he was able to do so much with so little that then the studios were were looking at their directors like, really, yeah, you charges really for that (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Robert can do this with this, and you charges. Yeah, he's got a book, Rebel Without a Crew, Mm -hmm. is that same process about how he made it and. But and and there's certain things where he's talented. He can be his own cinematographer. He knows what to do. And there's other people that just can't. They envision it, but they need to hire someone competent. Mm. Oh, yeah. And Every so good movie has a team. Yeah. yeah. And the, Very bigger the, bigger, the bigger the crew and the bigger the teams. And Yeah, yeah. So I oh. watched uh, Stir Crazy the other day. Oh, yeah. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor Classic. Yeah. Was and that the first movie that they really worked yep, in together that exactly. kind of started that mm-hmm. series of buddy movies yep. they were in? Yep. And um, he was supposed to be. Which one came out first, Blazing Saddles or? Well, Blazing Saddles came out in late 70s. For him. It was Blazing Saddles. Late 70s, right? For Gene Wilder, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Richard Pryor was supposed to be the black sheriff. Right. But he couldn't stay sober. So that would have been their That would have been. Okay. Yeah, they didn't trust his ass. <laughs> that would have been an interesting him. change out. Yeah, for that exactly. Too, but he couldn't he stay sober. Him. So, but he wrote for it. He wrote that. But Stir Crazy, the budget was $10 million. Mm-hmm. And they grossed $101 million. Jeez. Right. It was the first movie that a black director grossed a hundred million dollars and guess who that black director was sydney portier yeah that was makes the sense director the of fucking stir crazy <laughs> and so that was crazy like that's hey, not the first time his name has come up on this podcast that's funny it's not no uh-uh. i think it was episode one we we had a well, segment <laughs> and then the the new Candyman movie just came out mm-hmm. oh yeah what yeah. was that budget it's in and theaters right now i don't know the budget but that was a uh, black female director Mm-hmm. And okay. So she just broke records for being the first one to have, um, I think, opening weekend top movie. Yeah, I, I went to see that. Yeah. Did you guys ever see the first one? Oh yeah, the first one was dope. I rewatched it the afternoon before I went. And I was forget the new one. I, I forget that I've seen it, but I have yeah. because I remember being. I was pretty young then. I mean, not super young, but I was in high school, and I, I remember that leaving an impression because of the way it was acted, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was like such a foreboding job there's certain people that can can do evil but then there's some people where you're almost a little too convinced you're like yeah oh, that left a little yeah yeah like the show black man. mirror i've never seen that that's yeah. kind of that feeling where it's oh like, yeah i remember oh, that my brother but, it, but, it, but that. it's like certain <laughs> certain actors can really do that you know yeah. they can just really embody mm-hmm. and that's what i was going to ask you like in these in these projects i'm assuming that everyone's getting paid a little bit of something i mean how how do how does that get managed? Is it like a team of sponsors that are putting this yeah. thing together? Is you said it, the budget. Yeah. I is was like, really like, where the budget come from? Project more of like, if it's your project, you just raise the funds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the hardest part is getting the money because it's it's an investment, mm-hmm. you know. And true, the hardest thing to prove is that someone's going to make their money back on right. a movie that hasn't been made yet. 
So it's like until and, you establish a track record. And now you have to movies. almost make a mini right. version of that movie to sell to a higher level. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of folks um, break into it, especially the younger and like brand new directors. They'll make some short films. Shorts. Like prove like the that. concept, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I did one. Okay, so this was November 2017. And it was, um, I got to be careful what I say now. I think there it's, it's about to break out um, <laughs> the real the real film, but I st- I've seen some oh. secretive stuff on social media. So, right. yeah, but it was a proof of concept trailer. Um, and it was this like action piece from the book of Mormon. And I was like, I was never <laughs> read the book of Mormon. I didn't know there was action. I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never answered the door. I so have, I but know. I don't remember action scenes. Well, there's even action scenes in the Bible. If you think it about is. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Pretty epic ones. Yeah. A lot of incestual action, I think too. Yeah. <laughs> I like this episode, you know, bringing on the producer. Exactly. <laughs> incestual too. Anyway. But so this guy <laughs> nice comes connection. out to, to shoot this thing on the Oregon coast. We have about a day and a half to shoot it, not even two full days. And he had raised more money for that proof of concept to shoot for two days than all except one of any of the full feature films I'd worked on at that point. Damn. Damn. Wow. And that blew my mind. I was like, oh, you know, and it's, I mean, Mormons have a lot of money. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They and don't they really do. Is. They own a state. And they don't really get represented very well <laughs> as in the media. it turns out, they yeah. own a state. They're, they worth, state. they're worth their salt. Yeah, they own <laughs> states. Like There's where, a little Mormon. Wherever you, you set up a Mormon community, you got to pay somebody for that. You know what I mean? Like, And I feel like they're like, oh, someone's going to finally make us look good in the movies? Oh, yeah, 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 we'll yeah exactly. That. Oh, man. that is a good point. Our last couple showings in cinema haven't been the most positive. But they got reality <laughs> shows. I just heard about this thing called Soaking. Yeah, I heard about that show. <laughs> no, what no, it's not a show. I heard about it. It is show. a show called Soaking, though. <laughs> I have what, not is heard what is it? What is it? I'm curious. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I thought of this for oh, the episode. Gosh. This is great. So <laughs> this is a Mormon thing. I'm going to be outing it a little Soaking? bit. Soaking? So soaking is a sexual practice among Mormon kids. And what it means is like inserting your dick into her and, and then just not lame. moving. Because as long as you don't move, it's still technically not. What? Right. You've so, already inserted it. Right. But it, but you're not moving. And they're already a step you're ahead just of chilling. You're just chilling. You're and just then, laying in and there. Somehow, and somehow the person you worship... <clears throat> Is fooled by this. Somehow they're they're still worthy of worship, I don't call but yet it, they're fooled by this. I don't want to call this. it soaking. I want to call it Mormon missionary from the Mormon no, missionary. It gets better. It gets Vanilla. better. It gets better. And then sometimes a friend. Oh God. What? A friend will push the bed move. Just so it can get a little. So then you can. But it's not on you. What? My, my friend is it mean a parent? I didn't no, do no, it. Thankfully, no. I didn't do it. Somebody else but, did but think it. About yeah, it. you're going that like Linda Blair exits his bed. Far uh, to not have sex. Yeah. Anyway, I just felt like that needed to come to light. The pr- what? So that had to come. If your child ever says to you, like, "Oh yeah, me and my we're boyfriend soaking. Chad were just soaking," and you, and it's not maybe not a hot spring, so you might yeah, want to look talking into about yeah, exactly. you might yeah. To ask some questions. We don't, but we don't have a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, where are you soaking? We don't even have a bathtub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you ever play that game with your lady? 
Soaking game, like you, you just try and hold in there and see how long you can go and tell. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Like, can we follow? She don't like know this? I'm playing. No, can't do it. Oh. She don't know I'm playing the game. You know, she's just like, "Are you all right? Why you stop?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just stopped. soaking. I'm trying. I to stopped. I'm trying to do soaking in. thing. I didn't know yeah. I stopped. I didn't know I stopped. I thought we were still going. I'm just relaxed. It's very comfortable. Exactly. In there. I'm just enjoying the moment. Nice. Why That's would so I want? Usually, it's like I was about to come and I need a second. Yeah, I did. Let me just soak here for a second. Leave. I'll be honest. Okay. I got to soak right quick. Hold up. The most of my Socks. The most effective <laughs> thirty seconds. Soaking. He starts soaking already. What the hell? <laughs> the most effective soaking technique is when she starts talking. You're like, oh yeah, I was gonna come. Right. That is soaking. That's Definitely interesting, man. The, well. the stuff these, the way they've wrapped their minds around. Yeah, it, it's the not shit sex. they it's come like the, up with. I'm, I'm a born again virgin thing. So like, girl, if, you were just you had we sex were, with four no, people. You're not a born again virgin. <laughs> I remember everything. <laughs> I remember everything. I can tell you about it. Fuck your whole life up. I, I can tell you about this. I just brought that all up to say that, like, if we're going to make a movie about anything Mormon, <laughs> throw like soaking in it. Coming this fall. Soaking. Not coming. On the script. Soaking scene. Not coming this fall. Not coming. Somehow they thought God wouldn't notice. <laughs> Somehow. God's like a velociraptor. He only sees you if you move. And the bed is rocking. But you can't see it. It's the Linder, I like that it's concept. The Blair. I like that concept where, like, if you could sin, like, without moving, God can't really see it. It's the movement that attracts him. You know? Yeah. That's <laughs> what it's doing. Lizard vision. I, I, yeah. I, 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 don't move. Don't I, move. Jesus don't can't move. see if you don't move. He won't know. play dead. Turn sideways <laughs> and just fuck that one direction so he can't see the movement. God's so. like a ring doorbell. He just just on any sort of movement is when he like comes in to see. But it. I, that's that speaks volumes though to the commitment level. Commitment because there ain't no Christian couple of of you know that's together. That's Catholic that either hard not to actually Catholic have either yeah. soaking. So the but the Mormons are trying. You know? And how about the gear they have to the females have to wear? You have to wear. The undergarments you wear under their special clothes. undies. Yeah, mm. it's, it's not just the women. Like thing. a girdle. They gotta yeah, wear a girdle. Exactly. And stuff. It's yeah, it's weird, man. It's got to be the most uncomfortable shit ever. Oh, thanks, Maybe it's something too where it's like when they finally get out of sex, it's like just a hole in a sheet. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's a good point. Sheets. Yeah. That's not just within that religion, though. That's that where glory holes came from? That's also just for people who are generally... <laughs> glory hole. <laughs> you got to hit the sound. Glory hole. I don't know which one it is. Let's try this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you feel after a glory hole, for sure. Like, I should not have done that's that. <laughs> nope, that's a chip. There we nope. go. Wait. Oh, there you go. You know, but that's go, not the go back to the womp womp. Yeah, see, producing this show, I think I should have access to that button. <laughs> oh, that would be dope. <laughs> I think he's gonna fuck us up. Leave out fuck me. us I up. I think when me. people read that spot on your resume where it says producer of Heckle Proof, that should <laughs> yeah, pop out wow. of your yeah. resume. Some, it should be like one exactly. of those Hallmark cards where you push the button. You'll read it on the resume Heckle Proof podcast. Why does it say press oh, here? There we go. Oh, that's a dope one. Well, look at us. Learn how there that shit. Oh, that's cold. I got it right here. Instructions. Boom. He's got at least six sounds. Of what's, which he what's never the, uses. What's the rim job button? <laughs> what's rim, the rim, rim job? Rim shots. Oh, rim shots. Oh, rim shots. Little leprechaun pops sorry. out from under the table. Always going for the low-hanging fruit, this one. <laughs> Who was last in my eating now? <laughs> <laughs> little leprechaun pops out. <laughs> so we got off track a little bit. We were talking about <laughs> movies. Movies, and now we're then on we rim soaking jobs. Rim soaking. shots. Rim shots. Soaking. Anyway, so let's say... Levi has an idea for a movie that Levi wants to make. What's the first step? Is uh, it really fundraising? Is it script writing? Uh, script should always come first. Yeah. Should, script should always be ready. <laughs> but it, it sounds like it doesn't yeah, necessarily. It doesn't, uh, okay. 
the worst films to be on. Sorry if you're watching this, Brad. Are, uh, <laughs> oh shit! No way! <laughs> no Brad. You get the latest script. Literally rewriting the script every single morning. Oh, <laughs> with no. your actors. Isn't Brad the one I read for? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. But nice. uh, and actually, we're getting ready to produce uh, October 24th. We start shooting our next film over on the on the coast here. Oh, dope! Uh, so we're gonna shoot that one's the three week shoot. So oh wow, Even it's his most ambitious movie. With the smallest budget and the smallest window to shoot. <laughs> Levi, Which I was is what I love about these Indian really like shoots. to challenge yourself. Levi, uh, I was checking out something. I think it was it was filmed in North Carolina, but uh the North Carolina had a budget for something that they could do that that they could give to the uh to the producer, the crew, to fund it. It was weird, like a million dollars. Uh, yeah. It was some shit they had, like the state of North Carolina had some type of... Oh, to s- encourage film projects within the I state. think that might have been well, but, but they were able to, to fund it for it them. It creates like, tourism. Yeah, so, so... That's why they invest That's a good it. point. Yeah, mm. it's like the Goonies house creates... So how does right, that yeah. shit work? Does like if, if, like, if Montana know you want to film there, there's like, you got to go through the Montana movie. Right, and actually, and that one, Atomic Apocalypse, part of it was... Um, I think he got a film grant from Montana as long as he... Yeah, that's it, grant. That's what it was, a grant. And he got a little piece, and the director's actually British, and so he went out and filmed a little chunk back home in Britain just to be able to take advantage of some tax breaks out there. And Oregon has a ton of awesome incentives. Um, It was years back before I ever even knew this would be a career path I would have. Like, I grew up farming, and I was like... Oh, damn. I did my placement test in high school. It's like, oh, you could be a truck driver or a forest <laughs> ranger. <laughs> That's something we have in common. Most people wouldn't realize we were both farm kids. Right. Yep. There we go. Farmers only. Oh. You don't have to be a movie producer. I love making movies. The worst part is no one wants to sleep with the assistant director. And that was why I originally got into movies was because I wanted to be James Bond and, you know, James travel these right. awesome places and sleep with beautiful women. But, you know. I thought that same thing about being a musician too. I was like, yeah, there we go. You're gonna have, you're gonna yeah. land so many girls, and it's like, yeah, well, but they're the questionable ones, you know. The questionable, yeah. is that what you want? The questionable <laughs> ones. Yeah. You can land a lot of fish you don't want to eat too. That's where the drugs come in. Yeah. Yeah. They say there's a lot of fish in the sea. There's a lot of plastic. There's a lot of plastic. <laughs> that's what I find. Yeah, a lot of pollution. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on, or something that you you're always like, man, that was probably the highlight of my so far no i don't think this really yeah i mean this is the hecklebrook podcast podcast. really it i mean it doesn't get any better than you know and uh, you know occasionally i get to film carl doing his stand-up at chadwick's that's always yeah Mm -hmm. exhilarating moment yeah he just filmed it and that shit looks so good man oh really yeah he used uh what what are you using that for some promo stuff or oh yeah always you because i'm i'm at it's like i realized i gotta just start filming more yeah of my stuff that's what every comic needs to do right now yeah like get a reel going get a good reel going because um i've been a lot of stuff been coming my way for me to submit to it. I'm like, damn, I got to have, like, I want something more. Because, like, some people don't want to watch no more than five minutes. Some people mm-hmm. don't want to watch no more than ten minutes. So I want to be able to have uh, have some some current stuff just to have, like, okay, they want five, got the five. They want ten, got the ten. They want 25. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But we still got to get you a website. There we go. You get back to me on that Black, part. Yeah. Black Anus, about, Black Anus already, is already taken, I think. What? Black Anus is already Black, taken. Yeah, BlackAngus.com is taken. Black Anus. <laughs> we could do, you could do ReverseBlackDad.com. No, I checked. ReverseBlackDad.com. <laughs> That's true. It would be cool to have, like, your catchphrase as your, yeah. mm-hmm. your web. Like, if I was going to have a website, mine would be Treat Yourself. Treat, treat Yourself. It definitely would be. What, what would yours be? Mine. Daddy's Home. 
Right, something creepy for sure. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> See how uncomfortable Carl is. I know. Is. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now imagine if Carl would have been female. It times that by 13. Well, you gotta... <laughs> I don't really have a catchphrase. Oh, you don't gotta get one. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Dot, dot, dot. Once you go, Zach, you never go back. There we go. There you, oh, go. That was... <laughs> you never go back like a bad restaurant? <laughs> like I, did, bad uh, rest- I did back when I was starting out in, in stand-up. We had uh, my buddies and I were like, we got to come up with catchphrases. We got to do a catchphrase set. And so I came up with, uh, I am sleeping alone tonight. And so I did this whole routine <laughs> about <the> fuck. <laughs> bad relationships. He said it was oh, in the beginning. Yeah. I, it's just exactly, <laughs> man. That's a good he point. Said, in the beginning. Don't judge him on it. It's like in the, the Bible. Beginning. You want to hear one beginning. of my first jokes? <laughs> no, you don't. Bad comedy. Yeah. I'm doing all these just bad relationship jokes. And, um, uh, I'm sleeping alone tonight, uh, right? And then as I finish my set, my girlfriend gets up and storms out. And this is at, I don't know if you know, remember the Lithia Fountain and Grill in Ashley, the soda shop. Mm-hmm. It's now the Red Zone Sports Bar, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Huge, yeah, yeah. Huge picture window right behind the stage. Yeah. So I chase her out, and now we're arguing right in front of the window. As oh, that's hilarious. All those uh, jokes about me, and blah, blah, blah. it's like no, those those jokes are about Mark and his girlfriend. Like, yeah, I don't do personal stuff on that's stage. That's exactly. Right? Right. My then girlfriend why? encourages it. She's cool if I bring up stuff. She likes it. She loves why it. Did you keep saying she don't even give a shit night. about that. She mine's just, a like, comic. She's been you? she's been in my yeah. routines and I've been in her routines for there we years go. now. There we it's go. Funny, like so, I heard a joke not too long ago, and I was like, oh shit, that she wrote that about me. A normal guy would have been like feeling bad about it. I thought it was funny as hell, man. I love it. It's great. Like, I never. When I get well, roasted, I love it. Like, I never dated a female comic. <clears throat> yeah. Never. Me neither. That's interesting. They're too good for me. I, I, they're they're all smarter than I am. Well, so first of all, the, like most of them don't exist. They don't. You know, <laughs> it's hard to date something that doesn't exist. Like I haven't dated many unicorns. No, yeah, no shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they exist, just not here. It's funny. There's like a ton of female comics up near Portland. Mm-hmm, a ton. So if you Seattle, want to date female Portland, comics, Seattle, Portland. That's actually land. Are they really Portland, good? Seattle, mm-hmm. Sacramento area. Everything is stuff for Southern Oregon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we have like you know a dwindling amount, and we have a rotating door of female comics. It's funny, like we have female comics that'll be active for two, three years, and two, three, exactly, drop out for a couple years, exactly, and then they're like her friend pops in for those two years, and then her friend gets sick of it for doing two years, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you hear this name like. Hey, I heard that name. Yeah, like yeah, yep. She's back, and so it's funny you have this revolving. Yep, cycles. exactly, man. Yeah. But a lot of comics, a lot of my boys date female comics, and because it's, it's also like, hey, if you live in Portland, you're gonna come across one. Live in Seattle, Sacramento, Bay Area, but I think most comics, the reason why it works to date another comic is if you're really outdoing it. There's not that many people that understand what your schedule is like, and a lot of girls. You know, in the beginning, they're like, oh, that's cool. You're into comedy. You do this. Or you're into movies. You do that. That's really cool. But then when they see how much time it takes away from the relationship, yes. it creates yes. issues really like, fast. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't realize you were into it that much. And it's like, well, how the fuck do you think I'm supposed to make it? Yeah. Like, I can't be like exactly. half into something. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, it's really hard to keep relationships if you're in the film business. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to date someone also in the business if you're around each other all the time. I've seen successful relationships where, like... Guys, an assistant director, and the ladies, uh, a camera camera lady, right? Right. They're not oh, around damn. each other all day, but they're in the same industry, so they understand the work. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. On the road together. Right. They get to travel together, but then they're doing their jobs separately. So they're not always stuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but then you're still you coming like, home talking about the same shit. You no, because there's different drama. There's different drama <laughs> okay. in different departments. So. Uh, but it would suck, yeah, if you if you like fell for the lead actress and you're the director and then you have a falling <clears> out mid-movie and you still got to shoot the last half of the movie mm. and now you hate yeah. her. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean? exactly. Well, you take that. You take that. Yeah, you, you take that. You do something with it. Now. Do something with you it. Marvin Gaye, that shit up. And you just you weren't supposed to throw it down the stairs. That wasn't in the scene. I know what I was feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that anymore in Texas. But flings are awesome. Flings happen a lot. And that's like... And you'll see it uh, in social media, in the news and stuff. Celebrity couples, that always yeah. the actors, oh, yeah. the always. No, that yeah. makes we met on the set. That, that yeah. makes sense because we if met on you've the ever set of notebook. It's fourteen hours of waiting for two and a half hours of action. So mm-hmm. you're gonna yeah. have to find yeah. something to do. And usually we it's met each on other. the set of Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why a lot of actors have drug problems. It's just boredom. Boredom, it's not like boredom, it's really boredom. that hard of a lifestyle. It is, man. That's the truth. What do I do? It's the truth because you're so busy waiting. Mm-hmm. For the next project, and yeah. getting you, I can't even play baseball. People kissing your that's ass. How, that's how bad I hate. You got waiting. money. I, I can't even play baseball, so I can't imagine like that's just waiting forever. Like, oh, oh yeah. here, here's your two hours. You're going to be needed, yeah. but you need to be on the lot for the full eight. Yeah, because at any moment we might call you. That's why a lot of these actors are assholes. He's like, all right, it's finally time to film. Let's get it done with. Get because it what does that leave out called when you get to that certain point of your career? When they call you to come at a certain time, like you don't have to be on the set until. Tell you. What is that called? Literally just being in the union. (laughs) (laughs) True. You're in the union. That's true. If you're not in the union, they'll have you sitting there for 12 hours. Is it a call sheet or some shit? If you're in the union, then you start getting penalties if you're not getting them in and out at the right times. Yeah. I even heard one actor was say, oh, it was uh, Jaleel White. Jaleel White, a.k.a. Steve Urkel, said, in order for him to keep his health insurance, he has to work, stay busy. He, He can't be out for no longer than a year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh jeez! Even yeah. if the means accepted a stupid commercial. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was like, damn! Like, even if they like, just so he doesn't like, have health insurance because I haven't seen him in anything. Oh, that dude is. Oh, like, he's growing weed now. He's growing weed now. Yeah. He got that little. <laughs> yeah, he's got some insurance. He got that. Kind. What is that shit called? He used because he saw Leonardo a DiCaprio vape. at the Emmys. Like a vape TV and vape. He was like, what does he call it? What's his Leonardo? Leonardo? The purple Urkel. Or the purple. The purple Urkel. The purple Urkel. You always know it's going to be horrible weed when it's a celebrity brand. Yeah. That's why I'm glad Snoop Dogg never tried to, like... That's a good point. He never damn did. Like, he did some products that you could use to smoke weed, but he was never like, oh, this is like, you know, the Snoop Dogg strain. Yeah, yeah. Because you know it would have sucked. It would have. It's just like, they're always the Snoop Dogg shit weed. (laughs) Until Jim Belushi's on the show, then you'll change your tune on that one. True. Well, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) if Belushi comes on the show, I dare him to change my mind. The one thing thing I did like... We calling um, you out, Jim. No, I do. I would love to get Belushi on the show. And then he can tell us what he's doing, what efforts he's making to not make shitty celebrity weed, because I'm sure he's working hard to not do that. Yeah. And why he can only sell it everywhere except Southern Oregon where he grows it. <laughs> yeah, no, I work for farms like that too. It doesn't make any sense. They only but sell to Portland. I don't know how, how far it went, but Willie Nelson was trying to do a thing where it was like Willie's Reserve, but it mm-hmm. wasn't his weed. It was him using his Name. namesake to help independent yeah, growers. Yeah, right, the Foreman Grill. I met George somebody that was growing. That ain't fucking yeah. George Grill. That's George, somebody else. George Foreman never used the he George He never used, exactly. <laughs> George Jr. did. I love those George ideas. The third did. George the IV didn't either. George the fifth. he was... He was I love Georgina. Georgina. I love the idea that like Shaq ever uses any of those yeah. products that Shaq he Shaq don't pushed. use no lotion. Right. <laughs> Maybe the Icy Hot Patches. That's Shaq about don't use one. no lotion. Shaq be raw. I really love this arthritis yeah. cream. It works really great. He did that insurance too. Yeah. The, the captain insurance. Captain. Yeah. 
<laughs> Shaq does not use fucking yeah. lotion, but I know he eats Oreos. I know he eats fuck them Captain Crunch. Papa John's. And he got to yeah. use the Icy Hot. Oh, yeah. He has <laughs> that the old yeah, big yeah, ass fucker. Sure. But Papa know, John's. I want to know if when Shaq gets mad, if all of a sudden, like, the mumble goes away, if he's just like, uh, and then another thing, and we were just, and fuck you, same motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> just like, right all of a sudden, just super articulate. Yeah. When he <laughs> orgasms, so he's articulate. You can, <laughs> that's oh, what God, you're no, like, oh, no, no, no. That was clear. What did you say? I don't ever want to picture Shaq orgasm. He just did Shakespeare. Oh, I'm about to go. That's one shot he can't miss. <laughs> but Shaq, <laughs> Shaq got Papa John's. They came to him and asked him what he wanted to yeah, consider. Them. But because of Papa John's uh, owner made a bad word. So they had to yeah. fix it. Yeah, so That's Shaq, Shaq wasn't going to do it at first, but he was like, I'm not going to get him with that racist dude. He was like, oh, no, he's not the chairman of the board. He's not on anymore. Like, yeah, oh. got him off. So Shaq was like, all right. But they had to get the they, image back. They had to get it damage control, boy, because it was yeah. bad. They were the worst. Who better else than Shaq? He's like, yeah, they were the worst pizza. One of the most loved athletes. Yeah, yeah it sucks when of, you start off having the worst pizza and then you do something like that because you really don't have <laughs> yeah, anything to redeem. Yeah, now you But our pizza's not good. And right. Like, if you had amazing pizza, people might be like, I mean, how many times did they say the word? <laughs> yeah. And he actually, and that's what I love when people like rat you out that you think that you just being, you know, this is just between me and you, right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Me, you, and you too. It's like, yeah, between yeah. us. Rat your ass off. He claimed that he was only saying what Colonel Sanders said. I was like, no, Colonel Sanders says finger licking good. He didn't yeah. say finger nigger good. He didn't yeah. say, he didn't say, like, and I'm pretty no. sure Colonel Sanders no. would want to keep his exactly. legacy yeah. alive. He's smart Colonel enough to Sanders know. Colonel Sanders looked like a slave owner, but he didn't act like one. Yeah. He was smart. Matter of fact, the more you look like one, the more you have to not act That's like exactly, one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's like Levi here. Colonel. If somebody makes a, an accusation that Levi is racist, he has to work really hard compared to, say, me. Yes. Right. And that's just somebody else. Else being racist and judging us based on how we look, it happens a lot too. And people say, Levi, you look like you'd enjoy a good racist joke. Like, why, why would that I, is why, hilarious. Why would, I, right, why would I enjoy that? And what is a good racist joke? <laughs> well, yeah, what is <laughs> one that you don't tell? Unless Richard Pryor's doing it <laughs> yeah, or George exactly. Carlin, right? Because <laughs> you know they're coming from a healthy place. Like, what is it about me? That it's a wholesome race. Yeah, it's exactly. A wholesome. It's a wholesome. I can, I can see George Carlin saying that. This is it's a wholesome race. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you need racism. You need wholesome racism. But it's funny as shit how people mm. think is like a racist, like, because you know it's only white dudes telling racist jokes. But it's funny how they actually think, like, you get, I got this joke for you. It's like, bitch, don't you realize I'm black? What the fuck is that? <laughs> right. like, I, so like, what just happened? Except, well, you saw except me on Mexicans stage. will straight up tell you yeah. Mexican jokes all day long until you're uncomfortable. I never had one. Why you keep yeah. telling me? I never had a Mexican tell me a Mexican joke. Really? Always had a fucking racist white dude tell me a I Mexican think it, joke. I think it's because they're, they think since you're a comedian, then that's like what you want to hear, stuff like that. So that's a good point. They you're come right. up and they're like, I oh, mean, he's going to find right. this so funny. Because you got to use I always think about that, And too. I can say whatever you I want to say. You use this. Why do people think that that's a good idea? <laughs> you can use this. Like, would, like you run up to, this. would you run up to Marvin Gaye and just start fucking yeah. singing a random song? Yeah. Around Drake, Drake, check it out. Do this. Yeah. Would you walk up to a hooker and try to explain to her how to give an HJ? No, you don't. That's why you walk up 
to a comedian and be like, here, you can use this. Here's a joke yeah, you can you use. Can use this yeah. right in the middle of the like HJ. I need your, you know what? Like I need your stupid ass overshared yeah. internet meme joke. Although yeah. if I'm paying a hooker, the last thing I want is an HJ. Like they're right. never good. That's true. Right. Especially if you're paying for else. it. You don't want to pay for that. That's rookie move. No, that's a rookie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like getting that's a, a freebie. That's like getting a vanilla at Basket and Robbins. That's a freebie. No thanks. I'll have the vanilla. That's a freebie. The other thirty flavors. You can grab it yourself. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to pay for this. <laughs> exactly. Les Schwab's will will take the nail out your tire and won't charge you. Yeah, so and, they get, like, and they give yeah. you popcorn. They and rotate you get... your goddamn tires, won't charge you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do right. I actually pay for here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I saw I saw a meme the other day that, that said, I like my pussy how I like my tires. And it's supposed to insinuate bald, right? Oh, hell no. Oh, but then my oh, wow. dumbass... I'm like, no. I don't want my tires bald. And so then I post and like, yeah, four at a time and rotate it every 300,000 miles. <laughs> Boom. You know? That's a good one, Maddie. Uh, uh, reinforced with metal and deep grooved. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All weather. Oh, all, all weather. weather. Four-wheel drive. Probably used and repurposed. 80,000 mile warranty. Drive. Inflated right. to 32 PSI. What? Right. what? <laughs> We're underinflated. <laughs> I prefer mine under. <laughs> <laughs> oh my we have to at our age. Yeah. At our age. So, hey, yeah, your guys' age. <laughs> back, back to the topic at hand. <laughs> Before we get to somehow WAP and start singing that song. <laughs> so, what would you consider, uh, like, in all of what you've done in the movies? I, me and you have had this conversation, so I know your answer, but what's your favorite part of the filmmaking process now that you've gone through and you've been able to experience? Things from working on sets and, and coordinating to maybe just working lighting to just doing editing. It, it really is the onset flings. Those are the best part. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so I got but, into the business. Uh, you mean like really onset, like happening onset? Oh yeah, yeah, in the trailers. Oh yeah, yeah well, not, on the grip truck. Jeez. So that, and that's, well, and you that's, grew up on a farm, so that should be most most of the flings. If it's not <laughs> the trailer, the actors, that's it's like home. Trailer. It used to be a livestock trailer. Now, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> exactly. It's, it's gonna be. Like, it's going to be the grip and the makeup artists. They're the ones that are always getting it. The on. grip. Grip. The fluffers. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> uh, hey, Levi uh, hooked me up with a little roll, and I had to be like oh, baby oil down, and chicks baby oiled me fucking up, dude. Oh, oh man. Gosh. These girls yeah. were going crazy all day. They couldn't wait to oil Carl up. Like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, you look like they a fucking... They oiled me to fuck <laughs> up. But then you look like a, a and jar I was only of creatine as a human. Jar of creatine. My shot was only like a few minutes if you watched the movie, but I was there for like three fucking hours. Getting yeah. oiled down by these getting thirsty miss. white girls. Right, you guys have been doing it for 15 like, minutes. We're almost done. <laughs> That's how Levi gets women. He's like, hey, so I got this friend Carl, and if you hang out with me yeah, a little bit, I'll let you oil him up. You can oil him up. You know you want to oil him up. <laughs> well, he's only got a two second scene but we're gonna oil for like 30 minutes <laughs> and that does bring me to one of like so I worked my way up to being an assistant director by doing almost every other role including oiling Carl including mm -hmm. being the oil boy <laughs> he's but oiling Carl in that scene in that particular scene mm -hmm. one of the frustrating things is I'm an assistant director now right I'm coordinating the set I, I, I coordinate with the, the key um, the key is the head of each department so the key grip is the head of the grip department the key makeup mm -hmm. runs the makeup department so I don't have the privilege of telling them how to do their job. Right. I just have to tell them to do their job. Okay. And what so you need done. In that scene with Carl, we have a black guy standing in the corner. We need more light on this guy. Mm -hmm. But I'm not the lighting guy. Right. So I don't get to make that call. 
<laughs> so when you watch the scene, it depends on what you're watching it on, whether you can make out Carl in the background when the camera pans over to him. Damn. And so, and that's what the scene. So you partially appeared on uh, TV. Yeah. Just glistening darkness. You, just <laughs> glistening <laughs> darkness. <laughs> that's all. That's you made a partial appearance. <laughs> just partial appearance by glistening <laughs> darkness. darkness. <laughs> it really is when you work with people. You have to you have to earn their respect darkness. to where you can be, get in their ear a little bit and give them you know some creative ideas where right. you're. They don't feel like you're telling them their job, you right? Know? You're like, I know, like, I know, hey. you've never worked with a black person before because yeah. it's Southern Oregon, <laughs> so, so you obviously don't know how to do this. But <laughs> hey, Levi, you remember, which is why I keep Maddie in the dark over here, shaded on this side. If you're looking the light, he knows how oily I am, and he doesn't want to have to out. towel me off every five minutes, so he keeps me in the low light section. <laughs> I think I text you when I was watching the episode of Dateline. What's up, Shane? We miss you, dog. Shane Bishop. Hey. Yeah, we watched First episode. Episode. D for and your it mom. Was, I think, and actually, Shane produced it, I think. It was the one about that actress in Ashland. Oh, right. right. Who yeah. murdered, was, I think I texted you. I think I was asking you if you... If you worked with her. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had Because that shit her. was a trip, man. This girl was a fucking whack job. Like, yeah. she murdered her uncle over property, and she... Um, Understandable, I mean. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to come right. up nowadays? Like, if you don't have land, you're not but, a man. Yeah, you <laughs> the only thing the bitch was going to get was a room Go out of the house. for your land. Was yeah. But she ended up, like, getting bailed out and filming a movie on murdering somebody. I was yeah. like, ain't you oh, a bold so bitch? Crazy. Yeah. I just wish the movie would have been good. Because that's, that's some yeah. of the best you you they could have gotten. Oh, that's a good point. Like, but, she had a really good dry run on that role. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, any that anybody would have killed... To have had, <laughs> and, and to be honest, not to shit on the position oh, she was in. Nice rim job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anybody would have killed for her rim job. You know Wait, <laughs> what? But not to shit on the movie. Like, there's a lot of bad movies being made. But if you can just even make one and finish it, like, boom, oh, off to you. Because yeah. that's above and beyond what so many people that talk shit about movies. Well, and then there are yeah. people who make entertaining films somehow in. Three weeks or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I mean, you've worked with quite a few different people, but I know you work with Ron a little bit. Yeah. Um, Ron Howard? Yeah, Huffstetter. Close. Oh. And, Ron Huffstetter. And Ron is the special kind of human. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> like most directors are not entertaining people. They're people that don't do well around a lot of people. They're kind of introverted. introverted and a little... Mm-hmm creepy evil geniusy in a weird kind of way and he is like the guy that you wish would be also be on camera in the movie because he's hilarious and anyway i've never personally met the guy but i've uh, i've known enough people who have worked on his productions here and there and seen the photos and heard the stories and uh, he and then seen some of the films that he's produced too and it's interesting what he's capable of doing with you know such a small amount Mm -hmm. he gave me my first not my first starring role but my first starring role in the feature Mm mm-hmm so I've always had the passion to be an actor. I'm just okay. not, never had the chance to really pursue that and right. get trained. Right. Um, I'm great at slapstick. I can fall down and spill things <laughs> everywhere really well. I had a buddy. I've been in a couple of things where I did stunt work, and it, it's awesome. I had Love a buddy it. tell me one time, he's like, I don't take this the wrong way. I don't like Jim Carrey at all. You remind me of Jim Carrey. And I was like, that's, that's one of the greatest things I've ever right, heard. Right, right. Like, really? I love it. But so I had a buddy. He was a camera guy, and he'd seen me do, we have this uh, uh, horror film festival coming up, actually, in, in just a couple weeks. We're going to launch the Killer Valley Horror Film Festival for the 14th year. Oh, damn. Streaming three weekends wow. in a row, three different film blocks. And when we were first starting out in, like, 2006, 2007, 
And doesn't the God. audience vote on that one too? Maybe it was before then. No, no audience voting on that. Okay. Well, they vote by whether they buy tickets or not. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> That's how the audience really always votes. But we were filming these little short films just to kind of tease the festival, you know. And it was basically me on the run from zombies. And I eat an energy drink. Or I eat an energy bar for people on the run from zombies. It makes me explosively shit myself. And somehow oh, I get away. Shit. That's hilarious. And then we do the follow-up the next year, Gog Juice. Now it's an energy drink for someone. I break out of the cabin I've been hiding in. My pants are all blown out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have explosive diarrhea on these zombies to get away. And then we did a follow-up. And now I find this adult diaper to put on over my blown-out pants and right. find the, the Gog Dog, this rancid hot dog for people on the run from zombies. And I have this gastrointestinal explosion that just shoots me out into <laughs> outer space. And I crash land on a beach, finally safe. Until the zombie crashes behind me. <laughs> and so we've done all these things together over a few years. And he's like, you know, I've seen you like shit yourself a lot, but I feel like you could do a speaking role. Right. Oh, my God. I that's think, hilarious. I think now you've done I enough emotional work. So, yeah. I trust you. So um, Ross Williams, he's another local fellow, uh, awesome editor, good camera guy, director as well. He's one of the three of us. Randy Grandstrom, Ross Williams, and I put on this Killer Valley Horror Film Festival. He put me in this short film called Self-Inflicted. And it's basically this guy that just abuses himself, sadomasochist, because it's the only way he can feel alive. But he's looking for love. The only problem is these women keep realizing what a fucking weirdo he is. <laughs> right. And my girlfriend at the time, I just caught her cheating on me the second time. So this time it was for real. This time I believed Bitch. it. And I was like, this isn't acting. This is therapy. So right. I was like, true. It was a good time. I can see that. It was perfect timing. I can see that. So just straight cutting for real, listen to My Chemical Romance yeah. and shit off camera. <laughs> because then, that's a good that. point, Levi. I think a lot of actors who we think, like, because we get so starstruck sometimes we see mm -hmm. somebody and they don't want to fucking be bothered. No. Yeah. Because the no. actors, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you got some of like uh, method actors mm -hmm. who really t get into that character. And yeah. actually, it's a, some type of detachment. From their normal yeah. shit, and really so, is. and then you come across some like Christian Bale or somebody in the public, and they're like, "No, mm -hmm. I don't." It's yeah. like, and you fucking, you fucking assholes, like, yeah, that's that's he, always he been did my his job. job. Yeah. He entertained you, bitch. Yeah. The mechanic was great. My, that's always been my point, man. If you really respect an entertainer, you see an entertainer out in public or something like that. The only thing that person wants to hear from you is, "Hey, thank you, man." Yeah, that's I, it. I agree. Yeah. That I is it. That, your work. I appreciate awesome. your work. It's it's done a lot for me. I watch it all the time and yeah. leave it at that. Just keep walking because man, that person is just a person. They're out there doing their their thing that day. They don't necessarily have fifteen minutes to listen to you. You know, go on and on about all your favorite moments in their career because guess what? As soon as you're done talking, you have nowhere to go from there. Right. right? And right. now it's just awkwardville because mm -hmm. you don't. Yeah. You're you're now engaged this person's time mm -hmm. and you have nowhere to go because you've just told them. You just vomited all. Yeah, stuff. it's like when I just tell them thank you. And when keep I walking. was work, when I get booked with big names, I, I'm the type of guy I'm like I'm gonna stay out the dressing room because I know this is their shit. But right. they want me in there, and I just keep quiet and I allow them to to, to facilitate the conversation because yeah. I don't want to just be like because we got fucking. Thursday through Sunday to work. <laughs> it's like I remember when I got I'm to gonna work give you your with, fucking space. Yeah. I got to work with Corday, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I didn't really even know who he was at the time. I just said, there's another guy at another show, right? And then the day of the show, a friend of mine's like, wait, you're, you're on what? Hey, I'm on the show with Corday. Mm -hmm. Really? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's later tonight. You know, yeah. I'm still not understanding. Mm -hmm. And so he starts explaining who this guy is, right? And I'm like, oh, man, he's got some cred. You know, he's yeah. done some things. And so it was interesting because uh, that night I'm sitting there and, 
And Corday, if you see him before a show, he is focused, man. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he'll talk to you right up to about 15 minutes before he goes on, and it's almost like a switch flips. And mm -hmm. even if he was in the middle of a story, just boom, power down, pre-show Corday happens, and he's looking at his notes like yep. any other comic. But it was so funny because I, I was talking to him for a minute. He was, he was real personal or personable. And then I realized like a midway through, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm talking to somebody who's mm -hmm. probably not used to people talking to him this way like right. i'm just talking yeah, to him just like, man to it's cool to be here and oh, yeah. where are you from and yeah. everything and then after the show he even said something about it. he's like hey man i appreciate talking to you because like you weren't asking me about all this this that i was on and who i worked with yeah it's like you'd be surprised how many people will uh ask you nothing but that you know and here you're just asking me like oh what are you doing in town what are you gonna do after this you know yeah levi booked me with cow could not. Kane. Oh, no, he's my favorite. Yeah, and Cal, that motherfucker got he got he got some serious credits. People don't like Cal was the voice of yeah. of Comedy so Central. Many. Comedy Central present. He did all oh, every time. Yeah, cool. every time you hear a Comedy Central advertisement, yeah. he's on and, so many yeah, cartoons. And this dude well. got oh, so many cool. specials. The dude is just like a a, a true artist of true. He's she's like your comic's favorite comic. Mm, that dude. Yeah. And when Levi booked me, I was like, okay, you know, I don't, I ain't gonna. We all on this dude shit, but but when he when, when we all were outside instead of standing in front of the talent club, and I just went up there, hey man, and introduced, and I gave him a hug, and he appreciated that, yeah, yeah, because you know what I mean. He was like, "Oh, you a hugger?" I was like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that guy." Because I really don't he give was a such a cool I, dude. I have told, I think I had a conversation with Levi at one point. I was like, "If you can ever get him." You know, now is the time because he's blowing the fuck up. Like, mm -hmm. get him while you can get him. Well, and I got to give a shout out to Mikey Spark up in mm -hmm. Portland now. I guess he's Mikey's the one that he he. He had the connection. Kyle was reaching out. He was going down to uh, Humboldt County and looking for somewhere in Medford to perform on the way mm -hmm. down. And it just, it wasn't something that would time up with Chadwick's, I think. And it was just like, hey. Yeah, it was. Mike, he's like, hey, can you get him at the town club? I'm like, fuck yeah, I can. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was a killer show. Yeah. And I've seen him now four times. Mm -hmm. So I've been a fan of his for a minute, his comedy most specifically. Um, not necessarily his voice work. I didn't really follow him there. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, to me, he like he was a fresh voice in comedy. He was doing something that sounded different from everybody yeah. else, and it's, his jokes are so smart that I, that's what I love the most about him. And personally, though, going to see a comic, if you see a comic the same time in in the same year, you run the risk of seeing the same set. Mm. You do. That's normally, how you most do. of them work. I saw him three different times in one year. Didn't repeat a single joke at any of those performances. Wow. It's like and. Carl will tell you, I respect that more. He does. I, I'm mm -hmm. a writer, so mm -hmm. I like comics that have a lot of material. That Oh, I love it. That's why I always say with Carl, like, you've got so much material. Even if you forget this year's material, you have eight years of material yeah. to draw mm -hmm. from. Right, And exactly. I envy that because, you know, I'm, I'm only three years, four years into the right. game. I don't have that much mm -hmm. material to draw from, but that's what I love the most. And, and expecting to go see him do those same jokes and then having a whole nother routine mm -hmm. was just like such that, a treat. And that night at the town club, he did two sets. Different yeah. sets. This was his idea. It's like, let's do two. Like, I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's more money for him. So Yeah. And I wish <laughs> I could have, I wish I could have did a second show, but I had to get up early, but it was fun. And I didn't get to hang out because I had to get and get, you know, you know, Ben and Drew and the ambience dog kicking in. My <laughs> well, and, that's, and that's what I loved about when I started doing those talent club shows. Like um, I started out doing comedy here locally and, and I was just kind of getting, Mm -hmm. burnt on years and years of doing it locally i didn't really mm -hmm. want to hit the road and make it my career mm -hmm. like i love the films that's what that's what really um like that, that's my passion that's what i really feel like i should be doing comedy is an outlet that i love like mm -hmm. all my family's mm -hmm. musicians i didn't have a musical bug, yeah yeah but, like, right right jokes are my are my instrument you know but uh 
when when Maddie and, and Ben started kind of taking over the local scene, I was like, sweet, let me just try and do this show at the talent club. I can get, you know, team up with Carl. If you got a feature coming into yeah, town yeah, a day early, yeah. let's give them a headline shot a night. Ahead. Yeah. Chadwick's getting to really some, some, you know, some time to hone their stuff before they get to Chadwick's, you know, and, and right. I can get some local guy to feature and start getting mm-hmm. some stage time. And it's kind of that midway point from the local scene to, you know, the Chadwick stage. Yep. It's like, and comics love that, man. A lot of these guys, they don't get big shots, you yeah. know, so they no. get to do something with Kyle. It's like, yeah, yeah it's man. Huge so I think deal, I got four man. different comics, two to feature and yeah. Yeah. the show and two. And Kyle, every single comic that was up there that night, he was at the door listening to their set. Yep. Like, well, that's good. That's, that's why good. I like him, man. He is and like a genuine good human. Yeah. But he happens to be just hilarious, Mm -hmm. you know, and and most comics that I've met that were once like your hero, after you meet him, you're kind of like, oh, that guy's. Yeah. Because I didn't know what to expect with a lot of funny and he's not, he's Mm -hmm. not real personable either. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, man. When I came across, like when I got booked, like, and I knew I was going to be showing up because like, because sometimes like what I would like, what I did with Monique was I, she only wanted to work Friday and Saturday night. She didn't want to do Thursday, Sunday. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, and also with Gary Owen. Mm-hmm. So I would I would close the shows, mm-hmm. the the slow nights. Oh, I see. <laughs> right, that last late crowd yeah. straggles. I'm out. the slow night guy. Yeah. So when the, when they're like Friday and Saturday, two shows each night, boom, it's like it's on. They there. They want to do that shit, but I don't know what to expect. I know they're gonna come in. It's like, uh, let me just leave the dressing room, but. Some of them turn out just to be some of the most amazing and coolest people. And you're right, man. I'm sitting there like, oh, shit, I'm working with you. I saw you on TV. I'm like, I'm looking yeah. like since I was. T-. Then when they come in, be some of the most sweetest and coolest people. Right. It's like, wow. Right. Didn't expect that. But because also, too, I think what they appreciate is me knowing how to know my place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm yeah. stepping back. Because <clears throat> Absolutely. when you get booked, you get booked to compliment their show. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. Like the, the book is looking like, hey, I think you'd be a good fit. So I was like, oh, perfect, cool, I appreciate that. So you go in and you make sure, okay, I'm going to do exactly what he brought me in to fucking do, is make sure that show starts off, boom, and it's just great. And other than that, after that, it ain't fucking about me. Yeah. Right. And that's <laughs> what people get hyped to see them. That's what yeah. people don't realize, too. Uh, like, the best openers, they don't bring 100% of what they can do. That's they a good point. You, they give you the best 80% because they're leaving you room to take that energy and just mm-hmm. blow it up. Like, if your opener hits them in, in an Eddie Murphy way before you even hit the stage and has them like faces hurting before they're, le- and then you take the stage they already want that guy back. Yeah. Mm. They don't want you yeah. anymore. Like bring back the guy that made me feel that. Yeah. That's a good so, point. Like a good opener. You're not trying to bring your AA game. I mean, in my opinion, like every time I've ever opened for somebody else, if they're the, the feature or the headliner comic, it's like, I'm not bringing my best nah, game. Exactly. I'm, I'm bringing my best show for that set. For that set, for this, for, for, for what we doing. Getting the people right, yeah. to, to, in my opinion, to like an 80% of where they're needing to be. If you can get them there. That's a good and point. Then let your headliner mm-hmm. work that 80 to 20. That's the funnest part of comedy is when, when the guy before you gets them to that 80% and you mm-hmm. still have some work to do. Because if, if, if they that guy before you brought them to the peak of where they're going to go, you don't have any room to work with. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be as memorable. It's hard to like really keep that energy up. But if you start at that eighty percent, you can in an hour you just gradually take them up, and then at the last twenty minutes you have them at that hundred percent. Mm. They're gonna remember that. You and know? then I drop something really offensive to close with, so that he's the. the, the gonna be like, <laughs> like oh, what the fuck? fuck? Back right. again. I can't <laughs> follow that. The fuck you do that for? <laughs> or I can't follow that. Or if you if it's not working, then acknowledge it. 
right before the main act comes on, you know, say something funny like, yeah, and uh, anyway, so our next act uh, paid me a thousand bucks to suck tonight. So anyway, here comes Carl. You know, acknowledge it a little <laughs> yeah, bit, you know. If you're exactly. Because <laughs> I would say shit like, I would, I, would, I would get on stage and be like, so, uh, and, and, and doing some of my... I sat and I'd be like, oh, by the way, Earthquake ain't coming on tonight. <laughs> right. yeah. He's in the back tied up. So yeah, he ain't you got two more hours of this shit. <laughs> I hope you like me. Yeah, exactly. I also like Carl's, Carl's like great at introducing, like, a good example. I have a friend that does this with music, and it's like whoever he's introducing that night is like his current favorite band. That's the way he'll introduce him. Like my very favorite band. That's and it's it, funny because I remember like the first time Carl introduced me, he was like, oh, Matty J coming up to the stage. One of my favorite comics in the area. This man's funny. You got to check that cat out. He's great. Da, da, da. And I was like, oh man, he means it. <laughs> and then I found out just what he does. <laughs> I was like, damn. But, but you know, he doesn't so even f- actually believe but, in but, my but act. But the fu- no. <laughs> but what's so funny is I just had two dope ass comics. I had Michael Harrison, out of Canada slash New York now, and I had Robert Amato out of uh, 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 Sacramento. Both of them are hilarious, I mean, killers, and, and they my boys. We talk off stage a lot, and I had the same love for both of them, so you're right, man. I'm freaking up over like... It's my favorite like, comics yeah, I've ever like, heard. Uh, oh, like, right. Okay, it's my favorite comic to do 30 up front. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my buddy my that introduces the, the rock shows, he had a band call him out on it, because they actually, he's told them before you guys are actually my favorite band right and so he had a band call him out they they'd seen him open somebody else up and say this is my favorite band in the valley and so they were straight up like on facebook message what do you mean they're your favorite band yeah. like, like a hurt oh, four-year-old gosh. yeah and he responded back and he goes you know who my favorite band is the one that's currently paying me exactly and i love that that's response hilarious. that's show business man that's it's show business personal. yeah it's not personal but the thing is man like to me it's a brotherhood and i right. I, 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 I i fuck with dudes hard like there's some good dudes in it and they just my boy and we talk so much off stage we you know they produce the shows when they get me involved and all this stuff they just always checking in on me just you know i mean I, and like even michael who came in town i was able to connect him with like nick Right. You know, Nick from Ghostlight. Get Nick. And so he brought Nick up ready and let Nick open for him. I'm just doing a little shit like that. I was able to connect uh, a girl who I met in Grant's past who became like my little homie. I connected her with Mike because she wanted to go to New York. So he got her some work in New York. Then he knows she's from Sacramento. So have her come up to ready. And right. also, so it was like, and it's just a brotherhood, man. And just like, and it's good people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, it's some comments that are dickheads who I don't fuck with, who I would never right. fuck with. But even if I don't even like you, not even like you might the, the people might think you're funny, but on stage they see you funny. But I'm sitting back like you fucking dick, right? You bitch, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I know yeah. how much you don't want to be yeah. here right now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How much you hate yeah. this area? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. A lot of them like do. That. They hate this area, and they come through and they'll pretend to bullshit like it. Mm-hmm. You know, but then Gosh. they'll be talking shit about it. And it's like I'm not gonna book you again, right? Like you talk shit about my town. You think you're gonna get booked? And again? I and you Sorry. meant it, motherfucker. You weren't yeah. just up there yeah. like it wasn't just for pointing funny. out little silly shit like Trader Joe's and shit. No, right. you actually talking shit about people like yeah. You, you, meant, some, you, you meant the cracker and cracker. Yeah, Bell, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so is it that same way with like within the movie thing? Is is it that you? You talked about you have your local film people. You well, all kind of work together and give each other opportunities and. Yeah, and, and it really is. That's that's the best way to keep working is you just have a work ethic mm-hmm. and show up. That's that's really all it is. Like comedians and, and even actors, you know, they get a lot of 
the crap for being divas and stuff, but the biggest divas are always the cameramen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That's why I got three cameras now, because I'm... Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> no, but... Uh, three cameras deep. It, it's... There's the ones that you can tell are just in it for the fame, and they're too good for everybody once the camera stops rolling or once right. the lights go down. And then there's the ones that are just workers, and they found this awesome opportunity to do something that they love, and like, oh, wow, I can make a career out of this. The job. But they kept that work right. at, like, I worked with, uh, not to name drop. <laughs> but, but I'm going to. I got to work with Bill Pullman three weeks nice i remember oh. the pictures on that i was thinking i was, I was just and thinking about him yeah. for some reason because that dude is amazing and the guy was so freaking cool headed nonstop. i got to work with rita wilson on the same project oh, tom hanks's sure. wife right mm -hmm. and she was getting a little bit of attitude from you know not to her face but everyone like behind her back for being like oh she's so above us and she's name dropping it's like it's not name dropping when you actually oh doing have yeah. dinner with martin short because guess what she doesn't have other stories yeah but yeah. <laughs> those are the people she's with yeah but she's used to a higher caliber of yeah of exactly than klamath falls oregon you know oh come on well, be happy with klamath falls you know and i'm 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 driving bill to set one day and it's a 30 minute drive i gotta pick him up and get him to set and I'm just like, I don't try, you know, he's doing his lines most of those mornings. I don't try to get in his head and just have this, like, oh, my God. But I'm just like, you know, something about you. Like, so we had this wedding scene, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to do this wedding scene in the movie, and everyone's freaking out. The wardrobe is like, oh, my God, we got all these wedding dresses, all the makeup, this, that. And he's just like, everyone's freaking out. He's like, just like a real wedding. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and I asked him, I was like, just, just curious, like, did you grow up, like, farming or labor work or anything? He's like, yeah, I grew up on a dairy farm. I was like, you can tell, like, that work right. ethic got carried into that's a good point, this entertainment field. That's a good point. And, right. and, and it's just that's this level of, um, of, of just, it, it, I'll say it again, work ethic. It's just about mm. showing up, having a good attitude, and you'll get way farther than someone that has great skills, but it's just a dickhead. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. you know? I've always been told, too, like, uh, in a way, it's, it's that who you know kind of thing, but it's who you know to be good to work with. Like, so if I'm making a movie, I want to fill that movie with people that are good to work with yep. that are going to be malleable and listen. If I have an idea or try to meet my mm -hmm. vision versus people who will look good on the list of credits, but may not actually may fight me mm -hmm. on my vision or may say like, Oh, I've been in so many movies. Don't try it that way. Yeah. That's yeah. why, uh, what's his name? Um, Pulp Fiction. Tarantino. Yeah. That's why, Look at the, the core he works with. Yep. Mm -hmm. He loves them to death. He loves them for, like, you got, um, um, you know, we have to forget another name. What's the, uh, the guy that's in all his movies? He was just an A-fool. Christopher Guest, that one. Damn, I can't remember his name. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Mm. Oh, right. He oh, loves yeah. Kurt Russell. He no. puts Kurt Russell in everything. He Who puts, doesn't? Didn't, he, puts, <laughs> he puts Samuel, all these, like, yeah. all these guys from years, he's just been putting them in because he just loves what they're about and what they bring. Right. And, and and also, he went to Jamie Foxx and told Jamie Foxx, Femme and Django, you're going to have to leave this Bentley shit at home, this Louis Vuitton bag and shit. you got to leave that shit at home. And you're going to have to really get into being a fucking slave. Right. If you're going <laughs> to like, pull this off. Because yeah. Kuta Kente did not have a Bentley, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have an iWatch. He didn't have a, uh, 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 he didn't have fucking assistance. You got to leave all that shit at home right. and really be humble and get into your, and that's what Jamie did. Jamie said he had to go right back to this, like, <laughs> let everything go yeah. and get into that, like. And that's the thing, like, if I was on a Tarantino movie, that's the time to be a method actor and really mm. get into your shit. Mm. I've seen other actors on these low budget pieces of shit that we make. 
Not, they're all not all pieces of shit. Sorry, Brad. They're beautiful he films. He said, sorry, Brad. But, uh, yeah, sorry, Brad. That's the theme of the you know, show. You'll have some actor who's sorry, like, Brad. just starting out. He's like, I just, I really got to get it. I really got to get in this. And it just destroys it. Like, like, what's my motivation? You You're like, your motivation? like, hey, take it easy, man. This film's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Destroy your life to be like. Yeah. Uh, That's know. just not even going to be at Circle K. That yeah. Yeah. Not. What do you mean, find your motivation? You're an extra. <laughs> just fucking stand <laughs> there. Your motivation is to You don't even have a line. Because you look like her. That's why you're here. Just stay there, look like her, bitch. My motivation, <laughs> but it is. But we bring the same people back if they're, if even if they're, you know, mediocre but good if to work with. Good people, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. look how many actors that have made it are mediocre. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a lot, and it's not necessarily that every actor is going to be phenomenal. There's a lot of really great actors that have been in things for years and you don't know their names, but you've seen them like Rip Torn, guys like him, you know, mm-hmm. it's like how many films has that guy been in? Yeah. If you look at his IMDb page, it looks like a fucking scroll out of the biblical time. Yeah. You know? and those, guys, and yeah. those are the best actors and actresses like Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Paul He's Giamatti. my favorite. Yes, villain. Sir. Paul Giamatti is my favorite mm-hmm. villain. He, or, he played in that stupid movie called shoot him up. Oh yeah, it's the dumbest. It's a, it's like a gun movie that makes fun of gun movies. So it's a it's a send up, but it is phenomenally well done, and it's one of the funniest pieces of cinema yeah. I think that's come out in the last ten years mm. as far as pure comedy. But then they cast this guy as a psychotic bad guy, and Paul Giamatti does not fit the mold of a psychotic <laughs> bad guy. However, in this role, he puts out like one of my favorite bad guy performances ever. And it's really believable because unlike every other movie bad guy in history, when shit goes wrong, they're always like more convinced they're still going to be mm-hmm. okay. They're just like, it's okay that he killed 27 of my <laughs> men because now we have the plasma rocket. Yeah, <laughs> They're always Some more shit. confident, right? Yeah. And in, in this movie, as shit goes wrong for him, he gets more angry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Visibly, yes, yeah, visibly shaking because he's losing it. Yeah, all his and he's like unraveling, and he just lets it happen, which is so great because every other villain, it's like you know, yeah, exactly, steely. Yeah, he crawled out of there. I got one arm left. Exactly, it's just a flesh wound. Who's the actor? I can't think of his name. Steven something or other. He's the stapler guy in Office Space. He took my stapler. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you actually start paying attention, that guy's got so much He's range. A ton of things. Barry. Too. He impressed me in Barry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was show. like, damn, this dude is good. Like, I've really yeah. got to see this dude is good. Like, he was right. in Dodgeball in a weird spot too, and he's got yeah. a great, great role in Dodgeball. He, yeah, he's in a lot of. He's also in a movie called um, uh, Rolling Kansas. It's in one of my. F- most favorite um it's a movie you see a lot on tv like late at night and it's uh it's supposed to be a a drama but it really ends up being a comedy it's got some great performances but uh he has one of the best roles in that but i think my favorite thing for him is um where oh brother where art thou he's the the music uh uh, producer in that yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. i gotta look him up because it's kill me that i don't i can't think of his name but and he was the boss on news radio yeah, that yeah, that was his. That was his, his first thing. Yeah, I, I know, can't remember God, his I know name. It's got to be Steven something, right? Let's see how bad I am. But yeah, that's true. That's yeah. God, news radio that brings back some <laughs> memories. That's how old I am. Steven Root. Steven Root. Boom. Boom. I was halfway there. He was a director as well, I believe. Steve, or no, he was a producer. That's right. He had a lot of producer credits. Oh. Could have been. That's the one shitty thing about being in the movie business is everyone expects you to know every movie and every actor. <laughs> 
I'm bad with names already. I already forgot my mom's I'm name. I'm that way with that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm that way with comics. Like I know all the like the classic older comics, you know, and like I'm talking about things like the show, mm-hmm. Martin, and like most new comics have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Rooster Cogburn, who the hell? Yeah, is that? exactly. <laughs> like yeah, mom was Maybelline. Only the greatest fucking <laughs> Ain't that character a ever. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting to me because I've always thought um, anytime I've spent behind a camera of, of any kind. it's definitely a, you either have it or you don't kind of thing. And I think for me, like it's possible I can kind of do it when I really focus, but I'm always in awe of people who just naturally look comfortable and Mm -hmm. real behind a camera because I certainly feel like I don't like I watch shit that I'm in and I'm just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I I stick out. (laughs) And I think everyone's more critical of themselves. So you'll think things that no one else notices, but I'm the same way. Like, I, you know, I really, I would love to be a great actor. Right. <laughs> Who knows I ever will be, but like taking like these pratfalls and these, you know, shitting all over zombies to get away. Like I get a cameo in this next movie. Think about Simon Pegg though. That's how he came mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was and just the ridiculous mm-hmm. mini roles that propelled him into being something. You know? And how many times have I tried to shoehorn myself into being like just, you know, this one character in one scene and no, no, Levi, that's not for you. And this one, oh, I get pulled over by a mermaid. <laughs> And I claw my way out of the sea 40 minutes later in the movie, barely hanging on to life. Right. Oh, like, and in this like, one, you're a child molester. Yeah, that one, that oh. one you can do, Levi. Yeah. You can claw your way out of the sea just fine. Yeah, if you, you don't do have get, to really deliver any lines for if that. If you did get typecast, it would be an odd. That would be the name of your typecasting. Just odd. Odd, odd roles. Odd. odd roles. Or the guy who really likes good racist jokes. You've got a role for a guy that... Really loves racist jokes, right. but only good racist jokes. Levi, would you like to come and I read feel, for it? I feel like you would also work really well as the questionable uncle yeah. in almost any story. Like you could be I, the I mean questionable is, uncle. Know, play the person you are in real life. <laughs> right. But it's not like you don't know why it's questionable. It's just like, no, no, no. No, sweetie, don't play over there. Yeah. You know? it's, no. the, it's that kind of questionable. Yeah, why, why, daddy? I don't know. Just don't. I don't know. Just don't. <laughs> I'd be more comfortable if you stayed away from that man. Gosh. <laughs> he has a look. So, like, how do you, how do you see it evolving? So, like, what you've done so far... I know you have goals. You've told me your goals are to like just do more work because you spent a lot well, of time working on comedy and you want to kind of re- renew your focus. I, guess I worked myself up because I just, I really, I fell in love with film. I didn't know it existed as a real thing mm-hmm. you know, for someone mm-hmm. like me. And I had moved down to Ashland to go to SOU, right? And my cousin had just graduated as a theater actor in New Jersey. And it was like, oh, Levi, I only tell this to people jokingly, but for you, you should do stand-up comedy and be an actor for fuck's sake. And I'm like, oh, okay. So SOU, it's, they got the theater department mm-hmm. the Shakespeare Festival. I was like, oh, I've never done it before. I'll go to SOU. I'll be in the Shakespeare Festival in mm-hmm. two to three years and I'll make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I got down here and it was just like, theater work is a grind, like props to anyone wow. that makes it in theater as an actor. Like behind the scenes, set construction, that kind of site, lighting design, there's awesome, awesome talent there. But to make it as a stage actor, it's a fucking grind. I bet, like, I bet. The movie Black Swan, it's about ballerinas, but mm-hmm. that applies to theater actors. Like, they have to grind and grind and compete with so many people. So I got there, and working class background, I'm like, here, I'm paying for classes. Mm-hmm. Teach me how to act. And they're like, no, you build sets for two years, and we might let you audition mm. for an acting class. Wow. And, I was like, nah. and then everyone was in the spotlight. We'd be af- after class just partying, and everyone's got the spotlight on all the time. And I'm like, ah, this really isn't my Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I found this little goof-off video class. There was no major in it. <clears throat> It was just a, something, you know, for, for some fun credits. And the professors were like, hey, 
here's a camera. Here's how it works. Go shoot a couple angles of whatever you want. Come back. We'll teach you how to edit. Full creative That's control dope. right out of the gate. We didn't have oh, to do wow. Tennessee Williams. We didn't have to do Shakespeare. We got to make up our own shit. And I fell in love instantly. I there did, we go. I took every I video class. It. I did my capstone film. I did a second capstone film. I helped my buddies do their capstone films. We got the first ever student film screening at the at the SOU in the Mies Auditorium. They just built it. And it was just like, boom, my eyes opened up. And you guys kind of built that film festival up as well, right? That, that wasn't a thing that existed? Well, I don't know. I think there's a student film festival now. And we didn't create that. We had just did our first no, ever student the horror one, though. The Killer Valley Horror Film Festival. Yeah. And now we also have a Killer Valor Comedy Killer Valley. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. So, because there's there's always kind and of. And I a still don't have an invite. Damn, <laughs> it's all online. Mm. You'll get the email. Mm. You'll get the email. Yeah, that's what I always. It's says. all virtual this year. We had to do it last year for the pandemic, and then this year it's just like people are still sketchy about crowding into a theater. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's really awesome because we got filmmakers from all over the globe, and they can't travel to Ashland to watch their movie. You know, right? So it's like now they can, and their friends and their family can log in and just watch it together. They can that's have viewing cool. parties. Mm-hmm. It's like, we yeah. don't care if you buy one pass and have a hundred people watch it. We don't really give a shit. It's just about sharing each other's creations it's all about it's that community thing just like comedy it's like Mm -hmm. it's building each other up and um and it is so i you know i love it i love it with so much heart last night the reason my hair's so messy right now uh (laughs) we were recording promos last night so i was all head to toe makeup as this creepy grave digger like just boils off my face lights in the graveyard and just because I'm, I do stand up. They're like, oh, we don't need a script. Leave, I just wing it. And yeah, like, yeah, right. You'll be fine. Yeah, we have to do. You know intro. what to do as a creepy boily guy. Yeah, yeah. creepy intro, boily uncle. Intro, and closure for all three film blocks. And about halfway through, I'm like, I ran out of fucking puns for this graveyard right. filming. <laughs> right, that's true. How zombie can you be? But it's so fun because it's like it's all. It's just we're creating. It's again, Ross, Randy, and me, three guys. And of course, Randy's family is always there to help out. They're awesome folks too. His daughter Brittany and his wife Michelle. And but uh, it's just creating with family, and it is family. Um, I I kind of grew up farming, and then I worked restaurants to get myself mm-hmm, through college. Mm-hmm. And I always compare film work to restaurant work because it's like everything has to happen in prep, or you're gonna get fucked when that rush hits. So I like you're not that. Prepared, and then when it hits, it's work, 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 go, go, go. And sometimes you know the passion gets the best of people, and attitudes can fly. But at the end of the day, you all have a drink together, you talk it out, and you go into the next mm-hmm. day. And as soon as that film is wrapped, all like so many of my best friends and family are made through the film business, right? And, and it's awesome. Because it's like a thing you had to survive. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's a thing you want to do. Sometimes it's a thing you have to survive when, yeah. when yeah. it's a creative mm-hmm. project. Because I know I've been on shows where it's like I couldn't wait to do the show. You know, like like we did that great thing at the Criterion. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to do that show. Like I'm, that was an awesome I, show. I like working with all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly. I mean? Yep. But I've also had comedy shows where I'm like, oh, man, I agreed to that. Man, <laughs> when I did. But I tell you what, man, you still got to perform. And it's just like yep. an actor. You can't show up to a set and decide two-thirds of the way through the movie that you're not into it anymore. Because <laughs> if you do, you screw yeah, everybody yeah, else that's on true. the production. And that's the thing is sometimes you'll get through it by being like, well, at least there's a paycheck. But that's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong have, attitude. Because you know? I've met so many guys. So we um, did this film, Besetment. This was the first feature film I did with Brad. This one we like, right? This one we and like. <laughs> we like them all. With Marley, with Marley? Uh, Marlon. Marlon. Marlon Mason. with that yeah. one, right? She was one of only two actresses, I think, ever in history to have a kissing scene with Elvis in his movies. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And so. she was Bruce Lee's love interest in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. So she works with us a lot on a, on a bunch of our projects. Um, hmm. She hooked up with, uh, didn't hook up, but met up with <laughs> yeah. uh, Ray Robinson. He's a local producer and director. And they just, they, they clicked, and so they just they team up whenever they can. Yeah, and he brought me to Brad. Mm-hmm. Brad reached out to Ray. He's like, I just need someone that knows 
how film works so I can have someone I trust on set. Yeah. And I worked myself up from mm-hmm. grip to lighting technician to camera operator, special effects makeup. I did sound mixing and boom operating. Like I did everything except hair, makeup, and wardrobe. Right. Which is not something you really wanted to do anyway. <laughs> not really. <laughs> you did all the stuff you wanted to do. But so, and that's the thing is like now I can understand what each department needs to do their job. Yeah. Right. And where you're pushing that's too it. far and where you can ask yeah. a little more. And that's how you build a schedule and you build. Uh, a set that works well and communicates well and everyone knows what they need from each other and then you know i get everyone to feed me what they need to get their job done and then i can disseminate to everyone else so we mm-hmm. have a working day and and it's fun it's a it's a job that not a lot of people like and somehow right. I, I love it and i kind of thrive in it but i'm about ready to take that next step to actually you know producing and directing something of my own good right yeah that's what i'm waiting for and it all comes down to finding that money you know yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. having something that you can show someone that says hey look we can mm-hmm. make a movie, and it'll sell. People will watch it. Yes. And you'll at least get your money back. Mm-hmm. I probably won't, but yep. you'll get yours yeah, right. back. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Mr. Investor, money. you're yeah. solid. You're solid, uh, yeah. But well, I don't know. Anymore, though, you can produce something, and if it's got enough production value, you can get it on streaming a lot easier than you used yep. to be able to. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, like, um, Amazon Prime does awesome for independent filmmakers. Yeah. There was there's like four movies I've watched that were filmed here that are on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. I mean, oh. not filmed at my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's filmed in the state of Oregon. Filmed in my bedroom. There's four <laughs> that you can find on Amazon.com. <laughs> really? That's it? Starring <laughs> Maddie J. They canceled me after four. Soaking. Soaking. It's a quadrilogy. It's a thing I started. Quadrilogy. But the thing about that is like the viewers, they've already bought Prime. So everything's free to them, right? Mm. Right. So they take a bigger chance on watching things they wouldn't typically watch. Mm-hmm. That's true. When you're on some of the other rent- rental services like iTunes or Vudu or, you know, anything where you have to pay to rent each movie independently, mm-hmm. that's where, you know, the studio films are still going to rule those areas. Yeah, yeah. Tubi. Tubi.com is another one that's ad-supported, yeah. so it's free. Right. You know? Now, is... People I know like way I more am, money off that. Well, IMDB was doing a free thing. Are your films getting put onto their channel? When they come out, or is it more just Amazon? You know, I don't know because Amazon owns IMDb now. Oh, because I know, like so for example, from the Amazon catalog. Probably. Every time I'm trying to show somebody something, it's not on most streaming. I'll go to Amazon and then I'll go to the IMDb section. You mean your home movies? Yeah, oh, wow. those four <laughs> quadrilogy. His home movies. <laughs> I had Janet Jackson sing the song quadrilogy. What genre are those? <laughs> what genre is that? Gonzo <laughs> porn. And what genre is soaking? Is that like Gonzo journalism? Mormon soaking Gonzo. That's porn. what I don't get. Like uh, Gonzo journalism. Hunter S. Thompson was like, you do a bunch of drugs and you write the wrong article for whatever. <laughs> right. Like, you yeah, write the wrong headline. The Gonzo porn. Article. There's no drugs. Like what? Uh, the Gonzo porn is supposed to be like you do the wrong sex act on a bunch of drugs, and that's not what Gonzo <laughs> porn was. I, I know. Just, it's ripping off the mm. name. Anyway, I had a story about besetment. I totally forgot what it was. It was something. Oh. You were talking about that was your first one that was coming out through the streaming, right? No. But anyways, no. it's a great film. Check it out on stream. You said it. that it was, was the good. one. What's it called? That was the one we liked. I, I seen it. I watched it. It was a really good movie. What's it called again? It was really good. Besetment. Besetment. It was really good, man. Yeah. I don't want to tell you about it, but it was like the, like the path yeah. of the righteous man is beset. It was some shit that could really, if it had more money, that shit could be. That yeah. was a good movie. That's what sometimes and happens that, with movies, though. You know, you make a uh, independent version of it, and then somebody sees it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes contacts you for the rights to remake it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what was cool about that is we filmed <coughs> it in Mitchell, Oregon. This is a town, that's, you know, it's maybe an hour drive from my hometown that I grew up in, but out in Eastern Oregon, that's nothing. You know, mm-hmm. we used to play them in, in mm-hmm. 1A basketball and 7 basketball. 
And uh, it was like the closest, like, I was back home doing this shit that never thought in a million years I could do coming out of Condon, Oregon, you know? Wow. Yeah. Straight out of Condon. Straight out of Condon. Condom? With an another name, Lee. Condom. Condom, Oregon. You're, oh, very, you're, you're very protected there. Straight out of Condon. It's probably the safest town in Oregon, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is the safest town in Oregon. They put us in the Oregonian twice. Safest town in Oregon, Condon, Oregon. Really? And Where both, is that at? And both times, there was a string of burglaries the next week. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. The town where no one locks their doors. I love it when they come out with that <laughs> well, shit. we do now, you yeah. assholes. There was an epi- <laughs> a, 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 a article that came out in an episode of the Mail Tribune's monthly thing. This was like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and, and it was like the most dangerous cities to live Mm-hmm. And Medford came up on one of the lists. I was, was like, yeah. "You motherfuckers have never <laughs> been hilarious. anywhere." If you think Medford is crazy, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like if they've you th- they honestly, on if crazy Medford, like Medford freaks you out, I don't. I want to take you to a couple places and just watch your ass bitch yep, out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that I, I grew up really sheltered. I definitely I have the white mm-hmm. privilege. You know, I, I've got, I have I the have white privilege. I have the struggles. I have it in the side safe. I keep it in the fridge, so it doesn't go stale. People think you. Medford's the scariest place. I was walking down Houston, Houston in like the middle of the night, like right. a dumbass, because I don't feel like oh anything could ever happen to me. Yeah, shit. Houston and people is see hardcore. Me and be like, that guy must be fucking crazy. To be Houston here by is fucking hardcore. I did bro. that in Mexico one time. I was just kind of drunk and it was super late, and I was walking and I was kind of mad about something, and I sort of was just walking wherever I wanted to go. Uh-oh. And I'm in like, I started in in Cabo. But very quickly, if, <laughs> if, if you walk, I, you walk to end up in Tijuana. Yeah, if yeah, if you walk heck? from Cabo, you very quickly wind up in a place called San Jose, which is like San Jose is like the L.A. of Mexico. It's like a sprawling valley kind of yeah. town, and there's a lot of stuff. But uh, it's not a touristy place, you know. And so I'm just, it's sort of like walking between Simi Valley. <laughs> just, you just don't do it late at night, you know. Yeah, I learned things. not to walk through Juarez with my video camera in my head. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, we'll take you, we'll take you. Yeah, we'll, we'll take you. We'll get take you. We'll take you to the real part of the city. Come on, my friend. I'm with Vice. I'm my doing friend. a documentary on drugs. <laughs> my, my friend. <laughs> how, many, how many Vice cameramen oh. do you think exactly. are actually dead? Exactly, exactly. Oh, gosh. That didn't make it into the expose, you know? Right. <laughs> like, they just have a disposable list of cameramen. They keep sending them right. in until one's finally successful. They're like, oh, yeah, this Grant Hamilton kid, he made it. Yeah. <laughs> now they just record the streaming. So it's like, you roll cameras. We're going to record it back here <laughs> right. in the studio. We're going to mail you the camera. Exactly. We won't be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to uh, you, what's your favorite, I guess, scene that you've done or been involved with? Hmm. I could go really goofy and funny and like that, but honestly, so we worked with um, Shirley Knight. Mm-hmm. It's an actress on this film, Redwood Highway. Gary Lundgren and Annie Lundgren directed and produced. And we were talking actually about Adam Sandler earlier. Uh, that was probably mm-hmm. off camera. Yeah. And how much fun his movies are to work on. Shirley Knight had worked with him. Uh, she's like, yeah, I did drama my whole life. So we did this film. She's the grandma that the son has put her in kind of retirement village and granddaughter's getting married and everyone she feels like has given up on her and just is like casting her away and so she just takes off and hikes all the way to the Oregon coast but no one knows where she is and this, this manhunt to find her and it was really cool and I really loved working with her so I took her out to dinner after we wrapped and she still didn't give it up but because <laughs> I was taking her dinner on a sound mixer salary I guess yeah exactly because <laughs> you went to KFC or a boom operator salary Kent Romney was a sound mixer sorry Kent to steal your thunder <laughs> but um so but she talked about Adam Sandler's just, it's a family time. Every time he does a movie, 
like he called her up to do these comedies. She's like, I've never done comedy before, but Adam Sandler makes everyone feel like family. And so it's so fun. She's like, I'll never not work with him. Her voice is prettier than that. But anyway, <laughs> so we're going to chance to work with Shirley Knight now. And we do a scene at It's a Burl. Mm-hmm. And I think Kirby on the way to Cave Junction. Yep. Weird Just little naughty hole in the wall. Genital warts of trees that they turn into artwork. <laughs> and uh, she has a scene with Tom Skerritt. And they're up in a tree house. And we're filming this tree house. And it's her and Tom Skerritt. And... They're just having this emotional moment. And I'm just sitting there, you know, boom mic overhead. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie, right? Well, they are so into this. And they're such good fucking actors that tears are just running down my face. And I've only cried at one movie in my life at this point. You know? But you have to be silent. Oh, yeah. Because you're running the fucking mic. And I can't be like, <laughs> I'll be <laughs> jiggling the boom pole either. It's like, Ket Romney's on the handling noise, Levi, handling noise. Hold that boom stiff. Right. I don't a good term for right. <laughs> work. Hold that, that boom stiff, boy. It really like, out the bedroom. <laughs> and that was like it's a testament to their performance and to like really great actors that can just pull you into a moment, even when you're surrounded by everything else that Yeah. Like you know it's fake because you're yeah. making the movie. But in but that moment it's it feels not real. Fake. Right. In that moment it's really real. And it's it was just it was a kind of a magical moment. I was like, this is fucking beautiful. You're like, this is wow. why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's and awesome. my, my mom finds out later, you worked with Tom Scarrett and you didn't call me. Right. Oh, my mom's hilarious about stuff <laughs> like that. I remember the first time I told her I was working with Carl. You're working with Carl? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now you care because you've heard yeah. about somebody. Carl Winslow? My mom was the yeah, same way. She, Uncle Carl? <laughs> Carl Winslow? <laughs> my mom was the same way. She knew about every actor that ever existed, I swear. Yeah. She would know about everybody. Yep. No, she was funny, though. She, I think my mom, the reason why she was stoked I was working with Carl is just because like her friends uh, were like diehard Chadwick's fans. And mm-hmm. at the time... They would go to both Friday and Saturday. They'd Damn. watch. They'd watch the comics on Damn. both nights, and I was like, "All oh, right, that's that's a super fan, you know, for sure." Yeah. And so nobody does that. She was really excited because it's like, "Oh, my, my baby's doing comedy, and my friends are going to see him. It's on a yeah. stage they know, that's and everything." Awesome. And, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing a show with Carl." And she's like, "Oh." <laughs> she just oh. Oh, You're doing a show with Carl. Carl. Your dad. I'm like, hey, yeah, Carl? You know Carl the Chadwicks. Like you're doing a show with Chadwicks. I'm like, no. I asked Carl if. He wants to do some shows with us. And then, like, he asked me if I want to do some shows. Right. So we're kind of doing a little co-op thing. And she was just like, well, are they, are they going to censor you? <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's Which so I, lo- I love that that was her reaction. That's was like, they're going to censor you. I know it. Man. My mom got all wet when she heard I worked with Bill Pullman. She's like, tell me right. when you work with Kevin Costner. Because my dad <laughs> used to look like Kevin Costner. Oh, that's funny. But oh, so this film coming up in uh, October, November, she's like, so now Talking you're casting shit based on mom's thirst level. <laughs> well, I don't do the casting. That's the other problem. Everyone asks me to put me in or put them in my movies. I'm like, I don't do the casting. Right, yeah. exactly. But she's like, is there anyone in this movie coming up that I should come down and see? I'm like, and sleep with? <laughs> I should come down and see. And sleep with? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, should I like, come down and roofie? I'm like, I'm in the movie, mom. You made me want to come see me once in a while. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm in the movie this time. I meant someone interesting. You know, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> no one can roast you like your mom, no. you know? Like, man, if your mom's got a sense of humor, no one can roast you like that. <laughs> I mean, just take the wind out mm-hmm. of your sails. I knew you when your penis was this big, and I still know you when your penis is this big. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I thought it would grow one day, but I guess sometimes mothers are wrong. <laughs> it did grow that one time you let your friend Eric sleep over, and that was interesting to mom. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, how? speaking of that, how does someone see the films that you and your friends make? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, like if somebody wanted to watch right. some of the, the stuff. So, I mean, obviously you can go to YouTube and find And Amazon yeah. Prime, guy. But Amazon Prime is at the, the number one place to go. And that is the thing. They're kind of all over the place because mm-hmm. each production's a little different independent film. So I know Ron has his own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Tunnel 13 Films. Mm-hmm. Tunnel 13 Films. Ashley. Um, Joma Films. That's the Lundgren family. They're the ones that produced a couple of features here in Southern Oregon. Dolph Lundgren from Rocky Four. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Brook Media. No, it's not. That's who we're working with now. But I put together beavermedia.net. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. right. And so I just have the homepage right there is just links to all the films we've worked on. Beavermedia. That's actually got Beaver all your projects, media. right? Anything I've ever been a part of. There we go. <laughs> even if I'm just the sound, if I'm the boom up. Our, our punk asses there. are even on that, I think. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Well, we I, did, I got sure a page are. for, I got a page for podcast sure production. Yeah. So if anyone's looking for a podcast to be produced, Boom. thanks thanks to us, we made um, yeah we gave Levi a whole new angle of so it's income. not I don't have my own production company for films, but I just I wanted to make a hub where I could just tell people because I don't need some of these are on Tubi, some are on Amazon, some are on right. iTunes. Mm-hmm. Just check it out, and there's something for everyone. There's even family films if you can believe it. Damn, Damn. right. You know, we made a Christmas movie years ago, and check it out. Well, the other thing that people don't know about you also is you worked in addition to just those kind of films. You also did some comedy shorts as well. Oh, yeah. Like short little things that you've done throughout the year. So I don't know. Are those also linked to that? Or is that more like, oh, I only let certain people see that? Funny as hell. Yeah. Those skits for a while. We would get together <laughs> once a week and just do like three or five skits. So those are on LeviAnderson.com on my comedy page. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. See, that's what I'm trying to get him to say the real shot. He doesn't yeah. want to admit it. He's just like, don't matter. Well, yeah, like, I'm all over the place. That's one, one thing they always say is like, find something that one thing that you love and do it really well. And I'm like, I love but a, lot, I like of a lot of things. Yeah, that's, that's how polygamy happens. <laughs> Speaking of Mormon stuff. Soaking. Soaking. Uh, Circle soon. back. Yeah, Beaver Media at LeviAnderson.com. There, there we go. We go. Nice. But BeaverMedia.net. Sorry, I think I said oh, .com yeah, earlier. Oh, yeah, you did. BeaverMedia.net. Yeah. That might Some be an avian German company has the dot com. Put the beaver in the net. And it's a very different site. Yeah. That's more like the films I used to make. Not as exciting as you would hope, though. Yeah. <laughs> Like a, Again, like the films I used to make. <laughs> like an architectural company or something in Germany. I don't know. It's in Dutch. Well, um, man, we, we appreciate you what you do yeah. for us here. And yes, if, sir, if People that are Huge. watching and listening don't know what Levi does. Levi is primarily responsible for putting everything together, all the visual, all the audio, everything you see if you're watching YouTube. Um, he's switching cameras back and forth. He's doing a lot of the captions and little tags and things that uh, giving, pop up visually. Giving us shit for what we say on here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, so it's uh, it's important to give props to the man that, you know, makes a lot of makes this stuff happen, happen yeah. behind the Thank scenes. You. We appreciate you for sure, and I know we talked about having you on and talking about movies a little bit here yeah. and there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, so Dad. Yep. Is there anything else you want to plug or, or talk about? Yeah, she's texting me right now, so. Oh, <laughs> always a comedian. Perfect. She's like, what are you still should doing? I, should I should I really call her out? This is our narrator. Yeah, that's right. Whenever oh, our narrator. Episode, oh, our narrator. Yeah. That's right. And in case you're wondering, Levi Anderson has a huge cock and a magic tongue. But back off, boys and girls. That one's taken. So Levi that, that, is actually sleeping with somebody on the is, show. This is the nepotism of, huh. of the film nepotism world. Nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it's not one of us three. None of <laughs> us. Spoiler alert. No, I did. I tried uh, doing the narration for the first episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, Welcome to Huggleproof Comedy Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had this very, no. like, loony uh, WKRP, almost <laughs> is what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, welcome to Huggleproof Podcast. Like Harry Carey. Yeah, there was Harry definitely Carey. some Harry Carey. Welcome to Huggleproof Comedy Podcast. 
You just love it. It's yeah. the bottom of the ninth. We're back with Hackle Pearls. Here comes here. Nearby. The podcast. Pinch hitting for the guys. Yeah. Now you know oh. the rest of the story. <laughs> no, so we appreciate you, man. And yeah. Most definitely, man. Check out Thanks, Beaver brother. Media. And uh, we know we've been on hiatus for a little while. And mm-hmm. you guys have been waiting for some new content. So hopefully. If Carl would stop blowing up. So here you go. Yeah, if Carl's Carl comedy career could just crash and burn, <laughs> that would yeah, be yeah. really yeah. helpful for yeah. us. Carl's been popping since he was on Last Comic Standing 35 years ago. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He's just trying to build on a 35-year-old foundation. He's literally the last comic standing. Nobody (laughs) from those shows are standing anymore. They're all dead now. They're They're all all died. None of them them stand. (laughs) (laughs) They're all in wheelchairs or walkers. It's the last comic moaning. (laughs) Carl won. Carl, you won it. That's hilarious. (laughs) I remember the first time when you, I mean, you, you really broke out. You know, it was a Sermon of the Mound, and there was so many people there to see you. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Jesus said he would yeah. hire him back. He did. He said he, did. he was a great opener. <laughs> you open this for me, Carl? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks, Proof. You can find us at uh, HegelProofPodcast.com and everywhere where fine podcasts are streaming. And please do tell your friends and families yes. and or enemies about us. See you next time. Peace. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us wherever fine podcasts are streaming. Well, I like the that's right part. I'm just trying to figure out where to put it just right before I say your cock is so huge. Or where? (laughs)